our very most special guest, other than Christy, is now with us. Well, thank you, ladies. I've I've never been podcasted before, so I appreciate y'all podcasting me. Dad's first podcast. Well, this is a very highly requested episode. We've had a lot of people, literally every single time we put a question box up, have said that they wanted the dad advice episode. So here we are. Here we are. I'm excited. I hope that I have any advice for people. Oh, I think you are. I think you are plenty. Dad, we love you so much. And throughout our entire lives, you've always given advice, solicited or non-solicited. So we um, we thought yeah. you would be great to give some advice out on Go Call Your Sister. Yeah, Dad's a king of advice. So here we are. Hopefully everyone can take something from this episode. I'm just trying to help you girls get through life successfully. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I thought it would be fun if we do the intro with Dad since we're all here and we can all run through our week, especially because we were together for I feel a good like bit so much has week. happened since we recorded last. We took a little yeah. break for Memorial Day weekend. You came back to Oxford. It's been a lot. There's been a lot going on. Yeah, we I came back to Oxford a week ago on Wednesday. So we could go tomorrow. And I was here for literally 12 hours. And then we got in the car and went to Florida for our friend William and Adeline's wedding. And then we were all together. So that was, it was a very kind of chaotic time, but I was really happy to see you guys and y'all be like kind of the first people that I saw. Yeah, it was a super quick trip. I was coming in straight. I was in Austin for Memorial Day weekend and then I was in Nashville for like a few days and then went straight to the beach and it's nice. There's a direct flight from Nashville, so it's super easy to get there and we just had a great two days. We celebrated wins, one year of sobriety, which was really fun. Of course, Christy had to go all out. We had cups, we had balloons, we had we had all the things. It was It was a good time. Yeah. And it was so just amazing to watch William and Adeline get married. They are just meant to be. So what was everyone's high of the trip to Florida? We'll keep it Dad, you contained start. for the beach trip. Dad? Well, my high was just having everybody together. It happened so infrequently. And I really just enjoyed having everybody there and everybody healthy and everybody happy and just spending time with you guys. It's a great, great trip. Yeah, I would say the same. Like, it's so rare nowadays that we're all together. So that really is just like always the hide and we can all come together and obviously celebrating when and being in Seaside. It was so nostalgic. Like, that's such a place we would always go as children. So I felt like I was like my inner child was thriving in Seaside. Yeah, I know. Same. It was it was great to be there and everyone being sober and just happy and um honestly like coming off my trip to Austin I got to see my one of my best friends Catherine but I was very excited to have um a weekend of no drinking to kind of cleanse after that trip yeah and um I would have to say that my low if we're gonna go ahead and jump to that would probably be when I almost died in Seaside um and funny funny that was your low because that was my high Allie got to witness so something about Allie and my dad is that they love (laughs) falling like they love when people fall like not that they love people hurting themselves but like if you want to see them two like just die and like laugh their ass off show them a falling video or like a a falling montage on YouTube especially Allie and we were in Seaside and I was wearing my little rubber cloud slides from Amazon and I'm walking down the like big stairs that like lead up to the the beach walk or the pier or whatever 
And I literally ate it and fell down all of the stairs. My feet slipped through my slides and Allie was at the bottom of the stairs and watched the whole thing. <laughs> and I have like the biggest bruise ever all up and down my right side yeah, of my body. Feeling? Not great. And then Allie was staying there just like not even breathing. She was like... <laughs> I was trying to hold my laughter in until I knew whether or not you were seriously injured because I thought there was a high likelihood that you were definitely injured. That I had broken my leg. Yeah. Yeah, And I, the first thing I said when I brought, like, when I gathered myself, I looked up at Allie and I said, You can laugh because I knew she was like dying. (laughs) Oh, that was funny. Um, I think my, I don't have a low. I've, I feel like the last two weeks have just been really, really good. Um, maybe. I wasn't feeling too good after getting home from Austin, but I think that's my own doing. Yeah. Just kind of cold, um, not feeling 100%. Yeah, I don't know. Things have just been really good lately, so I'm, I'm going to sit in that. Dad, do you have a low? No. I, I Well, the drive was kind of a bite, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. It was a long drive. But other than that, um, no, I don't have a low. I thought it was a lot of fun. The drive I'm, I'm was with tough. Allie. I'm sitting in the good vibes on that Yeah. One. I think one vibe. of my highs was like sitting on the beach that first night we were there watching the sunset. That was really beautiful. Oh, yeah. That was beautiful. We were meditating and I was afraid people were going to think we were dead because we were just kind of laid out. And then these cute girls took a really cute picture of the three of us from behind. Yeah, that was Came cute. up and yeah. I also finished two books on the trip, which was a great high for me. I actually started a new book that we got in Seaside um, that I've been really enjoying. And I'm actually happy that I – because I told you I only always read like self-help books and it's so hard to get through them. So this is my first kind of like book book, like fun book that I've read in a really long time. So I'm really enjoying it. It's called – I think it's called One Italian Night or it's something like Italian that. It's One Italian Summer. Oh, One Italian Summer. There we go. I want to read that you. I posted on my Instagram and a lot of people swiped up and said it was like an amazing read. So I recommend Lucky. I read it in one day on the beach. Like seriously, one day. Oh, wow. It was so good. Yeah. Dad, I want you to read it. Dad's summer I resolution will. is to read books by female authors, which I think is really great. Wow. I love that, Dad. Yeah. Trying to get out of my, my – I kind of have a reading grid that I will sometimes get into. And yeah. so to step – I try to step out of my reading grid from time <laughs> to time. And so my – Summer reading program is going to step out of my reading grid. I read a really good book though that I really enjoyed. It was it was hysterical. It was called the Liberal Redneck Manifesto: Dragging Dixie Out of the Dark, and it was just really funny. It's written by three comedians, and if you just want a funny beach read and perhaps to start thinking about things in a different way, uh, if you're from the South, I, I strongly recommend it. It's a very good There you book. go. Father's Day gift guide idea. There yeah. you go. Give it to we your dad. We would look over at, at the beach and my dad would just sit there like chuckling like to himself reading this book. So That was a high yeah. listening to dad laugh to yeah. on the beach. It was chuckle out loud. <laughs> well, great trip. So glad we could all be together. So glad to finally be back in Oxford with my people and be back in my my home for a little bit and see all you guys and yeah just a lot of good things going on yeah totally well what's something you're excited about bird um something i'm excited about i'm going to well okay first i'm going to biloxi tomorrow which isn't super hype because i'm getting my global entry done for my upcoming travels however i'm spending two nights in new orleans with one of our best friends from hawaii Annalise. so perry's riding with me and 
that's just going to be really fun and nice way to kind of break up that long drive. Um, glad to have some company and yeah, just that. And uh, me and dad have been watching a lot of baseball together and the Rebels mm-hmm. are moving on to the Super Regional. So that was really fun to watch and listen to the game. And yeah, just looking forward to my trips and watching some baseball with dad. Dad, what about you? What's something you're excited about? Um, let's see. I'm excited about that. It's always good for Ole Miss to win. Um, uh, uh, our band has a gig Friday night. So if anybody's not from the Harrisons. If you don't know this about our dad, he is in a band called Highland Sunday and they are so good. They play all around Oxford and always such a fun time. Dad is the yeah. lead singer and guitarist. Well, don't. Don't prop us up too much. They might come and think we suck, but we try. It's what no. old people who don't play golf do. A lot of y'all probably have seen him play at Roosters, and he played when I was in college, and that was always like the best night out was when dad was playing. But it'll be a kind of an early gig, too. It's like 8 to 11, which we're really Damn, kind of I'm getting too to old to do the, uh, do the 1 a.m. stuff anymore. So I'm excited that it's – Oh, wait. I'm coming home on Friday. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And um, is it just this week that that we have to be excited about things? Or can we, no, like, you can be excited for anything. Be excited for anything. Yeah, um, in July I go and fly fishing with Ooh. my friends that I go with for a week to Montana. Really excited! It's just one of the best weeks of the year. It's just men getting to just fish and talk, and really excited about that. Dad um, has a group that he goes fly fishing with that we call the fishy boys because they're always texting each other things. And we don't call ourselves the fishy, boys. fishy boy. Group do you have chat. a name for your, do you have a name for your group chat? Um, it's named after a, a fly, a specific fly that you fish with called twisted body golden. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, well, that's good. Lots of good things to be excited for dad trip, new Orleans trip. Allie, what about you? What are you excited about? I am excited. Okay. So coming like, Within this week, I'm really excited about just being in Nashville. I've been on the go um, the past couple weeks, so I'm excited to be here. There's some fun things happening. There's an outdoor movie series that's going on. They're doing The Princess Diaries on Thursday, so I'm going to go with some friends. Um, Excited about that. I have some happy hours this week with some friends that I haven't seen in a while. And then, yeah, I'm just kind of taking this weekend just to do some self-care. I have a facial on Saturday, and um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And then I'm very excited because I booked my trip to Italy. My first, my first official visitor, like my first confirmed visitor. So I will be there um, in the beginning of September. Bird and I are doing Spain and Italy together. So stay tuned. More to come. It always makes it easier too. I feel like to go into the move knowing that you're like for sure going to have someone that you're going to see. Yeah. That helped me a lot in the fall when you came last year. And then mom and dad came in the spring. So it was good to have like something to look forward to knowing that you're not. I feel like September is like our sister travel month because I came to Hawaii in September last year. Yeah, you did. True. Wow. Keeping the tradition alive, you know? Yeah, I put it in my calendar yesterday and I was really stoked. So yeah. a lot of good stuff coming oh, up. Oh, I'm excited that we're going to St. Louis. To oh, see yeah. The Bird and I are taking a dad-daughter trip. Allie and I had one in the fall. And- mm-hmm. Bird and I haven't done that. Where are y'all going? We're going to watch the Cardinals play. Oh. In St. Louis baseball, yeah. yeah. Who are they playing? Uh, the Cubs. And they really don't like it's each other. It's a rivalry. So. This is the yeah. thing about Bird and Dad. They love to watch sports together. Believe it or not, yeah. Bird is like a big sports gal. She'll watch anything with Dad. Football, Believe baseball. it or not, I only like boys that play sports. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess everyone should know that about you. Um <laughs> 
But yeah, no, dad and I definitely bond over the sports aspect. I mm-hmm. feel like I like am so happy I'm a girl, but I feel like I would have been a great boy too. <laughs> Bird would have been an all SEC linebacker, I do believe. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Without a doubt. All right, dad. Well, let's get into some advice. We are ready to hear it. So you and mom met in college at what, age 19, 18? 18. Freshman yeah, year. 18. Yeah. Quick backstory. They met after what, bid day in Martin and Stockard, the freshman dorms in Ole Miss. Yep. Um, and so then you guys got married at 20, had me at 21. Yes, that's correct. Um, So you guys have been together for a long time. You just celebrated your 30th anniversary, which is a huge deal. 29. Sorry, jumping ahead, but still big deal. Golden anniversary, 29 years on May 29th. That's right. So tell us, what's your advice for young couples? Well, first of all, I think the best thing that you can do as a young couple is is get a counselor okay start early everybody look you when you're when you're young especially you come into a a relationship especially a marriage and and you've got all the stuff that you bring with you and and i say that more so when you're young because i think the older you get you have time to kind of work through some of that stuff not always i mean everybody should be in counseling i think that's married but especially when you're young you bring all of these just things, all this baggage from your past and mm-hmm. they bring all their baggage from their past and, 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 and expectations too, that, that honestly are just not real. You know, that there's, were sort of expectations that I thought that your mom should be doing and she thought that I should be doing those. That's just not the people that we are or that we were. And so I really think that for any young couple, first of all, get a therapist Start working through those things because let's say you're 25 or younger, okay? You're probably still growing up a little bit and figuring out some things about yourself and who you are and who you want to be. And also that's going to change over time, especially the who you want to be part. Mm-hmm. And I think starting a, a lifetime plan of somebody helping you work through that stuff, because honestly, you really can't do it on your own very well. We tried it a lot and it just was not very successful. So that that's what they pay people for. Okay. You know, I, I mean, I pay somebody to put sod in my yard cause I can't grow grass worth a flip. Okay. You know, there are people who do things. That's why you pay them. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, pay somebody to, to help with your marriage. It's the most important thing you have. And the second thing is this is make time for each other. That's, that's just designated time once a week where you go on a date, you get out of your house, even if you don't have kids, but especially if you have kids, get a babysitter. Okay. Your kid can stay with the babysitter and, and go do something fun and try to engage with each other. I would say it's easy to get in a rut when you get married. You know, if you've been married a long time, or even if you've been married a short time to where you're really not connecting with each other and being interested in each other's stuff. And so I think that as you go on your date, come up with things to tell each other about that you're interested in. And the last thing I say is you do need some activities that you do with your friends and that you do on your own. Okay. You need to be still an individual when you're married. Okay. And that was something I think was hard for us because it was always just sort of David and Christy, David and Christy. We had to be, you know, 
David and, and Christy not doing the same things all the time. For me, it was music. I think moms maybe struggled with that a little more than me. Find her hobbies. I, I have a lot of hobbies. Mom has a lot of hobbies. Well, she doesn't. They change. Yeah, yeah they change. Every month. I have, she accuses me, and she's rightly, of having a lot of hobbies because I do. But, you know, I think also it's important to have hobbies together. Yeah. We have a lot of things that we like to do together. And so mm-hmm. that's what I would tell you. Well, on hobbies you do together and separate. I think both are important, equally important. That's what I'm saying. You need you need both. You need both. Honestly, going back to what you said about therapy, I think that everyone should be in therapy regardless of whether or not you're married or solo. Like, it is the best money that you will ever spend. Totally. We're yeah. All, we're all recovering from something. Yeah. I feel like couples maybe when they're young think that going to therapy is like a, a huge issue. Like if you have to go to therapy and you're young or you need a counselor and you're like in a relationship, that's like a red flag and whatever. But it's the same thing as why you would go for yourself. Like you don't have to have something extremely wrong in your life. You don't have, to have anything wrong at all to go to therapy. So going as a couple is, it's just like making It's like it having a referee. It's good. Just yeah. someone to like intervene yeah. and bounce things off of that you're not related or married to who's who's well-trained and non-biased definitely yeah and your friends can't do it and for heaven's sakes your parents can't do it your kids can't do it either that would be my last piece of advice is you know really you got to get your parents out of your marriage okay i mean yeah you can be close to your parents but you don't need to tell your parents everything about your spouse and you darn sure don't need to let them be inputting into your relationship um, they're healthier. That's that's where you need a therapist, not your parents doing that. It's this fun thing called boundaries. Everyone, yeah, has yes, them. yeah, boundaries are great. Yeah. I love boundaries. So, I guess going off of uh, therapy, what is the best advice for supporting family members through recovery? We had our recovery episode with mom. It was definitely our most highly listened episode, and I think it's good to get a perspective of the three of us are not in recovery. We're the three that aren't. Yeah, and there's a lot of people on this podcast we've gotten messages from who are family members of people in recovery. So, Whew, that one. I'd say the best piece of advice is, is buckle the hell up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Things are about to get really weird and strange. <laughs> and just get ready, okay? Your life is about to change. But I would say this, okay? First thing that, that I would tell anybody really is is – be ready to go all the way. You've got to go all the way in, okay? Mm-hmm. Because if you've got a family member that has something that they're addicted to, whether it's a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, porn addiction, sex addiction, whatever it is, it's obviously so bad you want them to go get help, mm-hmm. okay? Well, if they go get it, you better be ready to to deal with- Be a part of the solution. Yeah, you've got to be part of that solution. And so- in my opinion, part of that solution is whatever it is, you've got to quit doing it too. Yeah. You know, for instance. We had this combo in the car on the way home from the beach. Yeah, we did. And, you know, for instance, I mean, I I like to drink. I like bourbon, especially. I had a great bourbon collection. I was in a bourbon club. I love all those guys. I basically spent every weekend in the spring at Ole Miss and uh, baseball and we cooked and we beer. And I mean, it was a big part of my life. Now I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't like to drink that much. I didn't like to drink till I was intoxicated. And there were most nights of the week that I didn't drink. So, you know, not props to me, but it was part of my life. But to help your brother and your mom 
I had to, I had to get rid of that pretty much too, Mm -hmm. especially around them. I had to get it out of my house. I had to quit doing it, especially in their presence. And it just helps. It just helps everybody get all, you know, all the way healthy. And so, yeah, you got to really, you got to really go all the way in with them. The second thing I would tell you is this, is that you got to be patient and love those people. Okay. I mean, they are, they are struggling. They are struggling. Okay. Like I said, you know, I like to drink, but I've been able to put it down. It has not been a struggle for me. People are not doing what they're doing, whether it's drinking, whether it's drugs, whether it's, you know, other various addictions, just because they like those things. Most of the time they hate them. They get to where they hate them. They're doing them for other reasons. And so you got to give them space and time to not only get over the stuff they were doing all the time, but to work through those other reasons that they were doing that. Yeah. And, and so again, you got to be prepared that their personality might be a little bit different when they quit doing those things. Chances are it will be a little bit different. And so that doesn't always mean bad. Mm -hmm. Okay. I thoroughly enjoy being around your mom and your brother. And, and now that I'm getting into a recovery community, I really enjoy the people that are in recovery. I enjoy being around my sister who is 10 years sober. So again, it's not bad. It just just means it's going to be different and you have to prepare for that, but go all the way in and love those people. They're, they're struggling. We had this conversation in the car ride home from the beach because at the wedding at William and Adeline's wedding, Allie, myself and my dad, we didn't drink. We had my mom's not, not alcoholic champagne, which is really good. Which is really good. good. Shout out out joyous. Um, But for us, it's not weird because I think we look back on it. We wanted them to get sober so badly because of how difficult it was making our life and how much hurt it had caused. So why would we expect them to do that and then not be a part of the solution? You know, if that means going to a wedding and not drinking, perfect, because I'd rather be around mom and win and feel like I'm supporting them. You know, I think if you have a family member in recovery, you have to kind of lay down your pride in what you want. And it doesn't that it might not be like that forever. There might be a day where we get to drink around them, but it's not that big. It's not deal. right now. Yeah. I think that we always thought it would be like such a big deal. Like we used to joke and say, like, God, can you imagine if like one of us went to rehab? Ha ha ha. But like yeah. everything, yeah, everything we did. We and at the time we thought it was having a good time, and then it became chaos. And and one thing I'm gonna tell people that is important, I think, to be aware of is look. The, the pandemic was terrible for anybody who had the tendency to have a substance abuse problem. Okay. I mean, sitting at home, we were all kind of stressed out. Yeah. Every, I've seen a lot of people in my clinic being a liver doctor that just struggled and, and now they're dealing with some of the ramifications of that. And so again, there's a lot of it out there right now. And, and if you can't quit, those things as well, then, then maybe you need to look at your own self. Do you, do you have an issue too? But yeah, that's what it's going to be. Well, I think like, you know, looking back, like we thought that that was going to be like the end of the world or like the end of our family having fun together. If like we had to stop drinking one day and honestly, like it's not that big of a deal. That's right. I would say we have more fun now because everyone's in a healthy, better place. Like, was it awesome right when everyone was coming out of rehab? No, honestly, it was pretty shitty, but now we're finally seeing that light shine through and it's like 
you know, it'd be like if you're trying to quit eating Chick-fil-A, but someone's eating Chick-fil-A next to you every single day. Like that's just not going to help you yeah. quit eating Chick-fil-A, you know? So it's – And I will yeah, say like dad was such a rock like during the whole process. Like it was really, really fucking hard. And dad, I don't know, you just were very steady and you were strong for everyone and you really committed to, you know, op- being open-minded. And I think that there's been such a transformation in all of us, but especially you through all this. So I just, you yeah. know, really commend you for that. Thank yeah, you. it's oh, not easy to be you. a mom and a dad, and he did that for a, a hot minute. And then there were times when mom came back and when came back and me and Allie were like, we want to be doing our normal life. And dad did a really good job of like protecting everyone's peace and yeah, keeping it together. So that's good advice, though. Hopefully that helps some people out there who have family members who are also in recovery or will soon be in recovery. Yeah. Well, going off that question, Dad, this is from someone who said, I'm having my first child. Any dad advice? You've been through it three times. Give us your best. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That's uh, dad advice. Well, yes, I've got some for you. I'll tell you what. All right. My my first piece of advice is, all right, you've got to set boundaries for that child, okay? All right, look, no child- You mean you can't have your child sleep in the bed with you every day until they're exactly, six years old? Exactly, okay? Allie Bridger slept with us until she was about five years old. <laughs> it was miserable. Allie always had this really spectacular vocabulary from the time she was about one year, one year old. She could- she could speak in full sentences. And so, you know, when we were trying to like get her to sleep in her own bed, she would be in there yelling, why have y'all quit loving me? What did I do? And it was, it was really painful. Now Bert comes along and we suffered through that. Okay. We struggled through this. And, and so we got this book called baby wise, all right, get that book, read it and do what it says as if it were the Bible. Okay. And, and really, I think it makes happier children to, to have boundaries, okay? There, it, boundaries are important even when you're little, okay? Mm-hmm. And so that's the first thing I would say is, you know, have boundaries. Second thing I would say is, look, give yourself a little bit of a break, okay? I, I see these moms that are just so uber trying to be the best mom ever and do the best thing ever. And these dads that are just so uber trying to, you know, be super dad stuff. And, and I don't know if that comes from social media or whatever, but again, you got to remember, look, you're the best mom or dad this kid has. Okay. So, so give yourself some space. You, you're not going to, you're not going to get a trophy. Okay. I'd love to tell you that at the end, when your children leave your home and go into the <laughs> world that somebody shows up and says, here's a trophy. You were fantastic. <laughs> All right. It's just not that way. Okay. So give yourself some space to, to, to be their parent, to make mis- You're going to make mistakes as a parent. Look, it's hard to kill a kid. I dropped Allie Bridgers <laughs> on her head multiple times unintentionally. I mean, I didn't mean to, but She's uh, you know, I was supposed to be, we have. be watching her on the bed and, and God, she drove off and <laughs> land on her noggin. I mean, this that's why my sweating. head is flat in the back. I can never be bald. Yeah. I mean, all of them are really smart. So, you know, again, um, don't be afraid to make mistakes. All right. You're, you're, you're going to do that. The second, second thing I would say is this, look, wait, I thought that was second. Is this the third? Yeah. Okay. Wow. We got a lot of advice tonight. You always have a lot of advice. Part tray is look, discipline your children. Okay. And and you got to figure out what that looks like for you, but I'll tell you what it shouldn't look like. Okay. It shouldn't like, look like you at a restaurant 
or on a beach with your child acting horrible, totally flipping out, and you're trying to reason with the three-year-old, okay? They're not made that way. They don't have that brain. I remember one time we were at the beach, and there was this probably two-year-old kid absolutely coming unglued. Oh, yeah. And there was this mom, and she was, you know, older mom, you know, honestly trying to reason with this kid, asking them, what can I do to make your day better? This kid doesn't have the equipment. So, you know, mom, I got sand out of my business down there. If you could get some of that ointment and give me a hunk of it and let me rub it down there. And then why don't you run up and give me a, a, a sippy cup full of apple juice? That would help too. No, this kid's losing this meal. That mom needed to discipline that kid, get it off the beach because you make everybody around you miserable. Okay. The kid's miserable. Everybody's uncomfortable. She left the and, kid there screaming and she said, all right, well, the mommy's going to go sit in the water. And eventually, <laughs> the mom shuts it down, just pours a cocktail. This kid's just, you know, miserable. So I would tell you, look, discipline your children. Studies have shown, you know, children that have boundaries that are disciplined, you know, and I'm not talking about beat the crap out of your kids. Okay. I mean, you know, you got to figure out if, if you're into spanking, if it's time, whatever, whatever works for you. I'm not getting into that. I'm just saying, make sure your kids have loving boundaries. We always disciplined our children with love. Even, you know, I, I believe in, I believe in spanking our children the proper way. Um, and, and it was different for all of them. You know, Allie, it took some spanking to get her to behave. Bird, you just look at her real hard and she just melt to little pieces. When was somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Nothing but changed. Each time, and I think that they would all agree with me, is you know, it it was followed up with, I love you, and this is the reason that we're doing that. And so make sure you put in that way. The funniest story is so mom and dad had to go to therapy as when I was younger for how to parent a strong willed child. <laughs> and what was the piece of advice that they told you? Oh, okay. So this, oh, this was just this wonderful, wonderful old just pediatrician that had, he was wise. I mean, he just, he was what you thought of as a doctor, man. He was, he was just fantastic. But he was one of the first guys that really sort of was getting in to helping parents based on children's personality types. And he had several different types. And, you know, basically Allie's was, you know, active, aggressive. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, and he was telling us all this stuff and, you know, I remember going through the spill and I was like, well, what do you recommend? He's like, oh, you're going to have to spank this kid all the time, but let her know you love her. <laughs> he was right. And we did, but she turned out great. She's super sweet. Yeah. It worked. Thanks, Dad. Still not going to get a trophy for it though. Yeah. That's good advice. <laughs> So we had a lot of questions, like an overwhelming, I'd probably say 98% of the questions involved boys. And I feel like it's because, you know, boyfriends and dads, like it's always kind of a thing. And, you know, you want your dad's approval all the time. But we've definitely had this situation in our family. Dad, the next question was, what to do if your dad doesn't like your boyfriend? Well, I think everything... I wish we'd have done a better job maybe through the years about talking about these things and especially me and having an open mind. So I would say, first of all, sit down and talk to your dad, but here's the thing. You might want to listen to him because chances are he's right. And I would tell you why that's, that's the case because look, we, we've been down the road and we've seen this a lot. Okay. And so what I would tell folks is that, you know, talk to your dad and if there's a legitimate problem that he has, okay, if, if he's kind of a bum or he just has, you know, personality traits, what I would say to, you know, who asks this is, look, and, and this is just good advice, okay, don't take on a project in your relationship, please, mm -hmm. okay, don't take on a project because chances are 
you're not going to fix that project. Okay. You think that you're going to take that project and it's going to look like the little mermaid cake that's on Pinterest. It's beautiful with the crabs and it's got a fish tail and it's going to be great. And you're going to take that project and you're going to make it. And it's going to look like some alien mutant that scares the kids at their birthday party. Okay. <laughs> that pro- a, a guy project, especially or girl, depending on what you are, we're down with all that <laughs> is not going to work out most of the time. Yeah. Okay. So if they have, I'm a project picker. Normally. Yeah, yeah I mean, Bird is a project yeah. picker. I just have a heart for others. But I'm like, nope, certain, nope, nope. Yeah, I mean, there are just certain things that you need to be on the lookout for. You know, if if they've got a toxic family situation that they can't, you know, control, you can't fix that. Your dad probably sees that. Yeah. You know, if they've got personality traits like they're lazy, they they're don't, late. They they're show late, late to yes, dinner, we, like a loser. Yes. We had, we had one who was chronically late and I pegged that initially. We need to get rid of that one. So again, listen (laughs) to your dad. Don't take on a project. Now, the other thing is this also talk to your dad. You might need to help your dad. Okay. Your dad might need to change his mind about things. I would say things. I would say this about sort of the journey that I've been on that my girls have helped me on is, is changing my mind about how I think about the world different situations and people that may be different from how I was raised. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if your dad, he might be in the wrong and you might need to talk to him about that, especially, um, you know, things like um, if, if the reason he doesn't like this boy is a, is a petty reason Mm -hmm. or a reason that maybe he's not, not in in the times right now, you might need to help change his mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say like going off that every failed relationship that I've had, dad picked up on it first. Agreed. He said, there's something like, I remember you told me one time, like you said, I don't know what exactly, but there's something about this guy that like, is just off. And if I would have listened to that initially, late. yeah, he was hella late. <laughs> but if I would have listened to that initially, even though at the time I was like, dad, why do you hate me? Like, why do you not like what? Like if I would listen to that, I would have probably saved myself a lot of trauma and grief. However, I chose the hard path and, and, well, we've, we've all, first of all, we've known those guys. Some of those guys are actually our friends, but I think, dear God, I wouldn't want my sister to marry him, you know? So again, we've known those people. We've seen how it turned out. We've seen these poor, unfortunate ladies or men, either way, good with that, try to take on that project and make it better. And, and what it, it just often doesn't end up very good down the road. Yeah. And so, you know, Listen to your dad. If yeah, he's, if he's right, take a step dad. back and see what he's telling you and think about whether he might be right or not. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice, Dad. I think it goes back to yeah. expectations too. Okay. So transitioning from that, next question, how do you break up with a boy when you know he's not the one? But he's in love with you. Yeah. You smash his heart to a thousand pieces so that he leaves you alone and doesn't bother you anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. Look, I mean, if you know it's not right for you, Okay, and you know it's not right for you. Honestly, a clean break is better because if this if this poor boy is in love, and and you don't love him back, you're not doing him a favor, letting him you know hang letting him hang around and, and dangling him out there. Okay, you just you're not you're not helping him. It's not fair to him. Yeah. Okay, and then it's not fair to yourself because you kind of keep this one one foot in, one foot out sort of thing. And and I mean, just to be honest with you, you got plenty of friends. You don't need an ex-boyfriend, okay? Yeah. I mean, truthfully. I've so, never been friends with my ex-boyfriends. No. So my strong recommendation would be if if you, when you know it's wrong, just cut it off. Because here's the thing. 
you, you know, especially be, you might be like missing out on someone who's supposed to be who's the perfect person for you. Oh, absolutely. Because you're holding on to this other person. And you know, and I've, I've told y'all this, and, and this is important. You know, you need to, especially when you reach a certain age. I know we have a younger audience out there that you know may not be so much this, but especially when you get into those mid late twenties, early thirties, you need to be thinking about, okay, is this a person I'm going to spend my life with? Okay, and if the answer is no then, you know, you just don't need him to be your friend either. Yeah. So, Dad, in my opinion. what are some qualities that you should look for? Like, what do you think, in your opinion, are like, you know, we talked about red flags, but what are some of the green flags? Okay. Well, first of all, I would like to just speak to one thing, okay? This whole notion of, oh, he's my soulmate. That, that really, nobody's your soulmate. And any good therapist will tell you that. We're all different people. So good qualities are, first of all, though, somebody who loves you. Okay, that's the most important thing. Who values you over their other stuff? What I do think you you can be and should be first place in each other's life. Okay, and if you're not, then yeah, you need to have some pause. But if you're first place and he likes doing things with you or she in a healthy way, you know that's and that's where the therapy comes in, keeping it healthy and all that. But that's that's important. I think that's where you that's where you start. Okay. Secondly, do you have fun with them? Okay. I've been married a very long time now, twenty nine years. We said that earlier. And and one thing that your mom and I do is we have a great time together. Okay. We have a lot of fun. So what I would say is make sure it's somebody that you you more than just that you love that you like. Because that's how that's how you stay together going down the road, I think, is that you like being around each other and you have fun with each other. And then the the other green flag, I would say, is, you know, you want somebody who who is open to change, who is willing to change their mind, who's willing to see other views. And, and I'll be honest with you, I can say that for the early part of my life, that that was not not you know, native to me, that that's something that I had to learn. And I wish I would have learned it earlier. I'm still learning. So, you know, somebody who's open to changing their mind and learning because it is a long life and you're going to change. Yeah. Yeah. And thinking that, like, you're never going to change. Like, think about how much you've changed in the last even, like, year or two years. And then that person's going to be growing with you. So if you're with someone who won't change, then that's just going to yeah. make it a really hard. Well, we all, know, we all know how much I love Vince Vaughn. So I would like to reference something he said in Four Christmases. You have to be with someone that you want to change in the same direction with. Like you're open to changing together. That's right. Very important. I didn't know what quote you're about to pull from that movie. There's so many. <laughs> well, you know, the thing you have to remember is this, okay? The person that you fall in love with in your 20s, early 30s is not going to be the exact same person that they are in their fifties and sixties. They're not going to look that way. They're not going to act you, that nor way. Nor would you want that. And they're not going to think that way. You wouldn't want yeah. to be with someone at 50 that you were with at 25. That's right. So you want to be able to grow together into that person that you still love when they're in their fifties. Yeah. A few 60s. more rapid fire green flags would be being on time. Being on time. <laughs> being on time. If you can't tell that's like one of dad's biggest. Well, you know, if, if I'm going to take time out of my night, cook dinner for you, invite you to my house, just be on time. It's just, yeah. just be on time. Shout out bleep. <clears throat> We're not over it yet. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's good though. I feel like, you know, a lot of guys out there do have a ton of redeeming qualities and 
Yeah. There, there are wonderful men out there. Yeah. And if you're with, a look, there's if, a, there's a real difference in how quickly men and women mature. And, and that, that's just legitimate. It's known and it just takes guys longer. Yeah, totally. Totally. One more last question, dad. Um, all right. So if you had to have just three pieces of, of advice engraved on your tombstone, what would they be? Just like your top three little nuggets of wisdom for life. Top three little nuggets of wisdom for life. Okay. Well, my, my first one would be something we've touched on it, but again, it's so important. And I'm realizing now more than anything, how important it is to be able to change. That would be one nugget, be able to change. Because again, it's just, it's important to go through life that you're going to have to change your opinions your thoughts, the way you treat people, how you look at the world, if you want to live in it well, okay? If you just go through life closed-minded, never changing your views, it just it just keeps your world really small. Yeah. And, and God knows, especially in the South, we need more men who are open to changing their mind about things. Mm-hmm. Um, my second one would be love your people and be present. You, you only get so much time, Okay. And especially now, like we talked about, one of the best things about this weekend is we're all together. That's a, that's a limited, non-renewable commodity is time. And so I would say, love your people and be present with them. And the last thing I would say is, look, it's a long life. I would start wearing comfortable shoes early, okay? Because <laughs> you got to walk a lot of miles on those feet, hopefully. So I would do it in comfortable shoes. <laughs> Dad's always team comfort. Quick story. One time Allie was in sixth grade and she tried to wear like these really strappy little flippity sandal flops to MGM at Disney World. And my dad said, Allie, you're going to regret like not wearing comfy shoes. Like we walk on day and Allie was like, I don't care. I'm going to wear these shoes because they're cute. And we literally got one step into the park. Like not, we barely even crossed over. Oh, look, we weren't, she didn't walk 50 steps till she blew out her flip-flop. And you know what it got her for the rest of the day? The only shoes that we could buy, a pair of Crocs. Mickey Mouse Crocs. She kicked around Disney Studios in Crocs. It was great. That was was a low point for seventh grade Allie, for sure. (laughs) Oh, well, I think, Dad, that was some really great advice. That Dad's best quality is that he never lacks in advice on any topic. So I'm really glad we got to touch on a, a couple. And I Speaking of Dad changing, you have gotten a lot better about asking if we want to hear your advice. Yeah. That's right. It's yeah. part of my work. It's- Are you ready to receive this yeah. advice? Are you ready? To- and so sometimes hope- you can say, no, I'm not. Yeah. And, and I respect that. But I hope uh, everybody that – Y'all podcasted me too, was ready to receive my advice. I think today. by clicking yeah. play, they're, they're ready to receive. There you go. That's right. <laughs> I think that hopefully everyone can take a little bit of something from this. Thank you to everyone who submitted questions. They were all great. I'm glad we got yeah, to. Maybe we'll have to do a part two sometime, Dad. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Let us know if you guys want a part two on the Dad Advice episode. I love you girls. I'm so proud of y'all and your podcast and just proud of everything y'all do. Love you. Thank you for joining us, Dad. We love you.